So when Dare tugged on the lace at her elbow to get her attention, she readily turned away from the melodrama. She was surprised he remained nonchalantly propped on an elbow out of sight. Report, fair scout. What's happening out there? You don't want to see for yourself? Let me guess, he said. Twelve, maybe fifteen militia, not including their captain? Rory looked out into the studio, counted, then nodded, impressed. Couldn't ask for better odds. I would be insulted if there were fewer than a dozen. Six, and the wagtails would mistake them for customers. Eight, and our canary birds think they're for the roundhouse for soliciting. Now, with a dozen of our city's finest invading the premises, they suspect something far more serious is on the boil. Rory frowned. Wagtails and canary birds? On the boil? I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's nothing to do with aviaries. And, I would hazard a guess, contrived for your own amusement. Surprised, Dare stared hard at Rory for the first time since crashing into her. While he liked what he saw, she was a shapely little thing with big blue eyes and glowing hair. Her self-possession and the intelligence in her expression unsettled him. He wasn't sure if she was laughing at him or with him. Instinct said the latter, so he took a leap of faith and confided in her, saying at his most nonchalant, You aren't particularly perturbed that Mr. Romney's studio is overrun with uniformed ruffians? Why should I be? she said with a shrug, adding with a cheeky smile, I have a war hero to protect me. Ha, <laughs> that's true, he replied, and felt his face grow hot. God, was he blushing? He felt sick to his stomach at such weakness. Plenty of women had used that one-line gambit on him, fluttering their eyelids and pouting their reddened lips, and to bed the most beautiful of them he let them think it had worked. But he had never blushed at the remark. A war hero masquerading as a savage, Rory teased. For a wager, all of it, he blurted out, as if a confession was required of him. Yes, I thought that might be why. But those poor wagtails and canaries, they don't know that, do they? And the militia, I hope you aren't out of pocket for their invasion, or will your winnings cover expenses too? Clever. His mouth twitched. I'll wager my breechcloth you know what perturbed means too. Rory turned away to look out over the stage again, anything to stop him staring at her so fixedly. She was feeling quite faint. She told him what was happening, adding, The captain has two of his men guarding the door, which is now closed. You won't escape that way if that was your intent. He tugged again on her lace and gestured with his thumb over his bare shoulder. Door behind us, and it's unlocked. What's the gentleman with the sword doing now? He's put away his sword and is conversing with the captain. Mr. Pleasant will be as grumpy as a kicked toadstool to have his performance upstaged. Wise of him to sheath his sword and not play the hero. He's no coward, but it would be idiotic to challenge men in uniform, particularly with such odds stacked against him. A war hero would. You would. Nothing frightens you. For the second time in as many minutes, Dare was startled by such ready conviction. But he quickly recovered his sang-froid and inclined his head in acknowledgement, saying with a grin, I will frighten them into submission. I doubt any of those boys have seen a colonial, least of all a native of that continent. Rory's gaze flickered over his painted face, with its two braids dangling either side of his ears and then across his wide shoulders, but dared not let her eyes drop any further and quickly brought her gaze back to his face with its blackened eye sockets. That he was watching her intently was evident in his fixed stare. Yes, you will, she said calmly, and it wouldn't require you to wear such an absurd disguise. You don't look like an American Indian in the least. Absurd? And how many American Indians have you? I've seen etchings, 